Can I tell you something that I'm super annoyed about? What are you super annoyed about? The balanced data slate just came out, and they didn't touch any of the compendium teams. For instance, all almost every single sniper that's come out so far, okay, has they do three three damage, hitting on threes or twos, and uh, do mortal wounds three. And for some reason, every single sniper in the compendium is still three three damage mortal wounds one. And it infuriates me. That almost infuriates me. As much as it takes us to introduce this podcast, the Squad Games <laughs> podcast, that is. And uh, this is the first new one of the year. We're just beginning. This is now 2023. Get ready to make a lot of 2022 mistakes as you write it down on pieces of paper. I don't know if people still do that. Do we even anyone even write with pens and paper anymore? I did. That's how I prepped for this one. Oh, okay. Well, look at you. You can use it here. <laughs> You have a computer at your desk. <laughs> I have two at my desk right in front of me. <laughs> and he chose to use pen and paper. This is the Squad Games Podcast. My name's Giacomo. And with me is my co-host, Dakota. Dakota, What's tell up, everybody, everybody how you feel. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we roll dice and hear ourselves talk. Because that's what I like to do and that's what we like to do. Absolutely. I'm also a big fan that this comes out every Tuesday because Tuesdays are my spicy days, as you know. Yeah, Tuesdays are your spice days. In fact, that's that's our goal is to release them on Tuesdays. Keep them keep them easy, and maybe occasionally have one on a Thursday every now and then. But for the most part, Tuesdays. Tuesdays are scheduled. That's what we're going to try to keep this whole year. Let's see Absolutely. how well we can do it. That's our New Year's revolu- resolution, right? It's our revolution. We're going to spin around just like at Six Flags. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't I, I didn't notice that when you mentioned that about the uh, the errata. I didn't really think about any of the compendium teams. I guess that's GW just saying, like, hey, buy our real teams. It's time to move on, young ones. Yeah, they're like the dark Sith Lords, you know, and there's all these people on Discords. There's a lot of people, like, out there saying how they how they want to, like, keep the compendium teams around while other people are, like, just just get rid of the chats for the compendium teams and just consolidate it into one uh one little chat group or whatever because like no one really plays many compendium teams right now unless if you're like a super beginner um just they're not that good it would be cool if gw just released like a pdf with the remaining compendium teams to be like if you want to just at least try to play the game because what if you don't like it you know i mean it's doubtful because kill team's a great game but you know that would be that would be nice i think that all the compendium teams could easily get a buff. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. We're, we're sitting at like 20 now. Oh, have you? what about the new rumors for the new Kill Team box that's been uh, circulating? Oh, yes. I believe that is Arbites and it is Drukari. Yes. Sounds super spicy to me. And in GW fashion, so far, all the compendium elf teams have had birds. And the crew. And the crew. So they're elves now. It's official. Yeah, it's official. Uh, they're all little Grinch, Grinch elves. <laughs> Grinch elves, I love it. Uh, well, speaking of crew, we're going to be talking today about Navy Breachers and the Farstalkers, a.k.a. the better version of the crew. But before we A get lot into better. That, I want to point out one thing 
I was talking to one of our other TO friends, Chris Baki, another TO in California up north. And we were discussing the Space Marine errata that we had mentioned in our last episode. So I was a little bit off. So you can't shoot uh, Wrath of Vengeance after you shoot twice on your turn. However, if your opponent kills you after your guys already activated, then they can Wrath of Vengeance. So it still works like the old way. Just when I was reading it, the way they changed it, it made it sound like they were getting rid of that. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> GW's always been great about uh, super clear rules, you know? Uh, exactly. I think it was an easy misinter- misinterpretation. So I just wanted to clear that up for anybody who was wondering, like, ah, I can't do that anymore. No worries. It's fine. You can still shoot, shoot four, four times. times. <laughs> it's still a thing. Twice on but your if you, turn, overwatch, but if you, and then when you die. Yeah, if you kill yourself, you can't shoot four times. Correct. I can't just jump on, like, a mine my opponent laid down to try to get that shoot down in. Yeah, shoot twice, and then run over a mine, die, Wrath of Vengeance, and shoot. You can't do it all in the same turn. Yes, so I just want to point that out so that we're all clear there, and we can move on with the rest of 2023. Well, let's go ahead and start this up. Let's bring up the Imperial Navy Breachers. So the Imperial Navy Breachers are a team of up to 12 guys. So you can have one Navy Sergeant-at-Arms and 11 Imperial Navy Breacher units. Two of them can be these robot ones, which can only be taken when you take their specific guys. However, in my opinion... I tend to think the robots are a little bit of a trap. There might be times I'd consider like the guy skull because it can do like an explosion thing. But for the most part, I think I'd rather just take the generic um, Navy arms, 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 mans, the armsmen, the buff man who have arms, those guys. And in traditional GW fashion, they don't supply you with all the bodies you actually need in the box. You get most of them, but you still need to get two other armsmen. So. I've done the calculations on the eBay shopping because I've been collecting these guys. Turns out it costs about $24, $25 to buy two regular guys. The whole set is about $61. So you may as well just buy another set and split it with another Breachers player and just have the extra bodies. And then you could probably give those bodies to another Breachers player. Or you buy the extra set and then you turn around on ebay and you sell two of them (laughs) (laughs) and you make money if you sell enough of them (laughs) there you go dakota with the stats and the facts right there he's our numbers guy (laughs) well another big thing about these guys right is their archetypes their security and seek and destroy yes which now before that was already pretty good now it's even better because we as we were discussing with a few of our uh, other friends, they've determined that Seek and Destroy is probably the best one now, and security is still very good. So they really didn't lose any steam. They're still great. Yeah. So that's perfect for them, which is awesome. So yeah, so most of the time, I'd probably see myself taking the one sergeant and then the 11 men instead of robots, which is always cool. And they have two unique abilities. One, they have Breach and Clear, which gives... Someone within three inches, a friendly model within three inches of another operative, uh, they can group activate together. They they both must go. So one goes and the other one goes after. Kind of like, you know, uh, Call of Duty, breach and clear, blowing up the door. One goes in, one comes after. It's actually pretty awesome. And that'll there's going to be a tack op for that later. That'll come in handy. And then they have void armor, 
which is incredible. When you have void armor, you're unaffected by splash unless you're the main target. <laughs> so it's, wow. And and if you have blast, if you if you if the weapon you're getting hit by has blast or torrent, um, you know if you if you're within range of getting hit by that, um, and you're the main dude, you can reroll one of your defense dice, and two if you're the grenadier, which is nuts. So their armor was wow. designed to be like good against into the dark, which is more effective there. But it just turns out that's really good all the time. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, there's like no downside to them. So that's already a good sign. And there's no opportunity cost. It doesn't cost you to do anything. You just get those abilities. Though Breach and Clear is only once per turn. So, you know, that's all right. I mean, if it was like, if you could do it a bunch during the whole thing with command points, you know people would spend it for that. Um, Let's move on to the strategic plays. There's only four of them. Same thing with tactical plays, only four. You have an attack order and a defense order. And what those let you do is you put a little token somewhere on the field. And anyone within three inches of that token can reroll a number of dice. Uh, Let me see if I'm wording that right. Let's say I roll six dice. I don't know why I chose six, but six is what we're going to choose. I have three threes, a two, and a one or something. I can choose any one of those numbers to reroll. So I'll say I choose the threes. So I reroll all the threes. Uh, So that's similar to how, what is it, Wormblade plays? They have an ability where they can pick up one number and reroll those numbers. So they can do that. Uh, for an attack, for an attack order, and defense order is the same thing, but for defense, which is pretty cool. I like it. It's one of those strategic plays I'll see myself using pretty often, especially when you use it with the sergeant, because the sergeant lets you take it for free instead of paying one command point. So you just there's no opportunity cost. Uh, again, just making the team much easier to use and really strong. So then we get into close assault. So when a friendly Imperial Navy Breacher fights, if the target's within three inches of them, when you're in the roll attack dice step of combat or shooting, you can retain, if you retain two or more successful hits, you can make one of your fails count as a normal hit instead, which is nice. That's just a better chance of hitting, but you have to be kind of close, whether you're shooting or whether you're fighting. That's super good, especially with certain models in this team. Yeah, you can definitely like set up a plan for it so let's say you do breach and clear, you have one guy jump in, then you already did close assault in the beginning. You know they're going to jump into that point, so then they're going to be really close. They're using the three-inch ability. They're uh, retaining hits, which is insane, because they're already they're hitting on four pluses, so you have a half chance. Now you're just bettering your chances of hitting, which is why I could see why this team is so good. So then you have brace for, uh, brace for counterattack is what this is called. So whenever someone uh, is coming to fight you in combat or is making a shooting attack against you and it's against an operative who hasn't charged, fallbacked, or normal moved, however they could still dash, they subtract one from both the damage characteristic of the weapon, uh, whether it's combat or shooting, to a minimum of two. So, you know, if you're already firing with like a last gun, two, three, you can make at least the critical go down to a two, which is pretty nice. So it doesn't like turn it to one, which would be insane. So that at least they, they figured that out. But still, you know, making sure that it's going to be like a two or at least always a three with a bolter or something is really nice. I just, again, I'm sorry, makes your staying power stay longer. The, the crew to have better strategic ploys. That's, that's I, I believe going. it. Honestly, I don't, I don't even think that the Navy breachers need more than attack and defense, honestly. <laughs> Those are already yeah. pretty good. Then move to the tackle, tactical ploys. Um, this one's pretty easy. 
You have overwhelm target, one command point. You use this when you do the breach and clear. So this is the one where you have two guys that are activating group activation together. Yeah, uh, I think one... I I think that that is uh-huh. probably the best thing about this entire team is that you can just choose group activation two on this team. I uh, can't stress to our listeners how blatantly good that is. Yes, um, that is probably what makes this team. So, in my opinion, um, I I would agree because it doesn't cost you anything, and yeah. it's you're activating two guys with pretty decent weapons. Yeah, it's it, and the the amount of things that you can do with that with that in this team. I, if, if anyone who's listening, that's going to be your bread and butter for sure. Yes, Remember. and knowing knowing when to use it too, because you only exactly. get it once per turn. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be the learning curve. Really, is figuring out when to use. Breach and clear. So yeah. with overwhelmed target, you're just adding one to the APL of one of the guys using breach and clear for that turn. Nothing too crazy. It's not pretty good. Not anything. Yeah, it's fine. Like I'll definitely see myself using it. Like when I need to make sure I have to kill a unit and then I have to charge in and then take a point. Especially for one of the tac ops down later, we're definitely going to use it for that. Move on to lock it down. This one's a pretty simple one. You count as uh, having one APL higher when you're trying to contest an objective marker it doesn't count as like a modifier so you know just it's just saying that you count for one more which is fine it's nothing too crazy it's been done before it's strong especially if you're using breach and clear so then you could throw two guys and then go lock it down i have one more i count for one more cool and yeah so that, again that's on a selected objective marker i forgot to mention that we'll go to blitz next um, so this is an interesting one. So when you're going to be, when one of your guys is going to be making a fight or a shoot action within six inches of it, if it's the first operative to be activated this turning point, you can retain one dice as a critical, and you don't have to roll it. So you just get this, which is pretty insane. However, if you do it after, because there's another option, then you could just retain one as a normal hit, which is still fine too. And again, you just don't have to roll for it. You just get a free hit. That's pretty good. That's very good. A free hit's insane. Again, it, well, not necessarily free because you're paying one command point, but now you have three command points in season 2.5. Yeah. Uh, heaven forbid you use Overwhelm and Blitz. And you're, what is this? The Breach and Clear, all in the same. All in the same. I expect people to do exactly that combination. Then you have calm head. Um, this one, you ignore modifiers to your ballistic skill, weapon skill. Ooh. Yeah, wow. to your movement. That's all right. Now, this this one I'm wondering. I believe Jellerpox still, still negate this. Mm. Uh, I'd have to double check that, but that's one of the, the things I was thinking about. when. To I was our listeners about. out there, why don't you... Uh... Why don't you comment on our Discord or on Twitter or something and let us know. You can find our Discord in the show notes. Absolutely. And they'll move on to Tack Ops. So they got three Tack Ops like everybody else. You got Storm Target. Uh, so you have an opponent selected objective marker. So all you have to do is at the end of any turning point, if you have friendly operatives controlling that marker, score a victory point. And at the end of the battle, if you still own it, you score another victory point. Mm. Before it was a little easier when you had certain missions that were maybe only like... F- you know, four were, and they were kind of more in the center. 
this one might be a little harder because now there's six and they put them further out. But at the same time, some opponents will probably choose to put it in the center where they can defend that point that you're supposed to go get. So it's a mixed bag. I can definitely see you at least scoring one point for this. Um, and probably better players than me can definitely score two, especially make it to the end. Which, speaking of making it to the end or an edge of a board, you have Into the Breach, which is the next one. So this one, if you have one or more friendly models that are at the uh, within six inches of your opponent's kill zone edge, not counting the Geist Skull or the Cat, so the robots, you get a victory point. If you have two or more that are doing it, you get two victory points. Simple. So if you're playing against elites, this is probably pretty simple because you just take two guys and have them run up the board. And um, <laughs> yeah, just have them run up the board. And then counteract. Now, this is the one where Breach and Clear comes in. So if you use your Breach and Clear ability, you have one guy that your first guy activates, shoots down a dude. Your second guy either has to shoot down another guy or take an objective to get this. And if you do it again, you get another point. Super simple. Oh. Yeah, super simple. So, I actually, so out of these, which one would you take? Counteract. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Counteract seems like the simplest one to get. Storm Target is too much RNG because my opponent's controlling it. Um, I find myself thinking I'm probably going to be more in Counteract situations where I'm going to be charging at my opponent's position, especially if I'm taking Seek and Destroy objectives. So I think that I would not take any of these, uh, but if I was going to play them, I'd actually take Storm Target. Really? Um, If I had to, yeah. Uh, Personally. Just because, um, even, well, it depends. It depends on the game board and the 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 uh, where the terrain is placed, what mission you're playing, stuff like that, right? Like if you're playing loot and salvage and you have to keep all your models like, like, um, you know, back, maybe it's not good. But storm target, you really want to go forward, and this entire team, all they want to do is get close because who wants to spend ten EP on slugs? just to get las guns right so all you really want to do is get as close as you can and kill as many people as you can so i think storm target synergizes pretty well that would be my argument for it but i think that security and seek and destroy have three easy viable alternatives if you don't want to take uh, one of their tech ops one of their faction tech ops you're honestly pretty accurate Uh, there's probably times i'd rather just take all of those but if i had to choose i'd probably pick counteract okay why is that I think I'm going to be using the breach and clear ability more effectively more often where I'm going to have one guy come in, shoot down the dude who's taking an objective or nearby, and then have the other guy just take the objective. Fair enough. So that's why I think personally I could do that. Plus, with all the abilities like blitz and other things that buff breach and clear, I have a better chance of succeeding that. Absolutely. But I guess time will tell. <laughs> we'll talk about some synergies for these guys too when we get to them. Let me get to them. Uh, speaking of which, let's uh, let's let's quickly go over the equipment. There's not a whole lot of crazy stuff on their equipment. You have frag, crack, and stun grenades. Pretty easy. Rebreather is cool. You ignore all modifiers to APL, and you're not affected by stun. It's fine. By the way, it costs one. In fact, pretty much everything here, except for system override and the uh, specialty weapons, costs one. But with like grenades and stuff, you're probably just going to take their grenadier, and you're not even going to worry about them anymore. You have uh, slugs, which change your weapon to a, a long-range last gun. It's cool. It, it costs one AP to change it, though, like in the turn. So I don't know if I'm going to be wanting to do that. Stim is fine. You know, you can add one to the wound characteristics to everybody. So instead from and, seven wounds to eight. 
in a tournament, and I tell you what, gee, I'm going to be taking stims all day. Reason why is it's less to worry about, less to think about. Uh, you don't have to worry about all the other stuff. I would just take stims. Yeah, I probably would end up doing the same, except if I was playing into dark. Then I would probably take system override, or a system override device at least once. Well, you can only take it once. And just open up a door so that way I can get through it and not have to worry about spending an AP yeah. for it later. Makes uh, sense. But then stim is probably the easiest thing to do. Maybe one or two slugs. Like, there's probably an argument for it, but I haven't played them enough to really determine what to, when to use it. So that's their equipment in a nutshell. Do you, do you see these guys? Um, do you see these guys um, replacing your intercessors or Phobos? No, I still would use them for different reasons. I wanted to try the Navy because they have a lot of like little tool sets with their guys. Okay. Similar yeah. to why I wanted to play Phobos, just because I like gadgets. Kind of why I want to. I would want to do Casserkins if I was going to also play another one. Just more gadgets. All right. It's a good thing about Kill Team. You can play a lot of teams. You really can because it's not too expensive. You know, I say a lot of gadgets, but realistically, every team has a lot of gadgets. And really, I think not Phobos compendium. has like the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's no love for Compendium right now. No. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll get back. You know, Tyrants are G- still good. GW, listen to me. I know you listen to my podcast. <clears throat> they probably don't. At least um, one person. Maybe. Um, please, for the love of the Emperor, make the Space Marine Heroes team that you just released that has six models that are RNG defined into a kill team. I'm telling you, it'd be so easy to sell them. And then people would either buy them on eBay or go out and buy a bunch of different ones trying to get the entire team together. I'm just saying, it'd be a good marketing ploy. Man, he is trying to sell everybody on buying. I love Space the Space Marine, Marine Heroes <laughs> range, though. I love them. They're you know, great. I did. I like the first one when they came out, too. I owned all but one, and then I ended up selling them just because they were sitting in a box, and I, I wasn't using horrible. them. Horrible. The Ultramarine ones when they first came out. I have all of them, and I have 18. I don't have the captain from it from either set and then i bought all the ones for the terminators in in fact those are the only terminators i own i own 18 space marine hero terminators they're cool was that the one where you also got the one holding the standard bearer right yeah the really really expensive one yeah i have that one too someone gave that one to me that's i think the only space marine hero i kept yeah it's it's a it's a badass model it is a bamf model so i want to quickly go over their profile because they're pretty much all the same, except for the sergeant has like one more wound. For the most part, save for the armsmen, their group activations are one. The the armsmen will be two. They move six. They have two APL. They roll three dice for the defense. They have a four up save. Simple. Pretty, pretty basic guardsman kind of standard across the board. And now when we go into a little bit more deep into each of these guys, you have your sergeant at arms. This guy has the option to take a bolt pistol, Heirloom auto pistol. He could take a shotgun with a hatchet if he wants, a chainsword or a power weapon. I'm probably going to be choosing a bolt pistol and power weapon, mainly for the consistency. Yes, the heirloom is nice because it has all these extra abilities, but I think I'd rather have 3-4 damage. And you already have so many abilities that are already giving you rerolls that I, I don't think I'm going to be too worried about balanced or lethal 5, especially not really with like an heirloom pistol. That's 2-3 damage versus the bolt pistol 3-4. And I think I'd rather have a power weapon than a hatchet. Since power weapon is four six and lethal five, yep, yeah, that's that's a pretty easy call. Bolt pistol, power weapon, 
especially for competitive. Yeah, and maybe maybe you'll see yourself taking a shotgun if you want to go all ranged or something, but I don't think so. I, I think I'm going to be pretty much keeping it to the bolt pistol power weapon. Then you have void armor on these guys, as we already mentioned. Void armor is great, and they have the sergeant has a special ability, command breach. So at the start of the first strategy phase, select the attack or the defense order strategic play until the end of the battle. While this operative is in the kill zone, you can use that strategic play without spending any command points. So for the whole game, as long as your sergeant's alive, whether you choose attacker, uh, the attack order or the defense order, that one they never have to pay for it. You will still have to pay for the opposite, but that's all right because one of them's for free. So that that saves you more command points throughout the game, which is really nice. Um, so it's a, it's a definite win when it comes to sergeants. Like it has, it feels like a sergeant has great abilities, has cool weapons. Then you have your armsman, pretty standard guy, shotgun, has two profiles, close range, four attacks, threes to hit, three three damage, range six, long range, four attacks, fives to hit. It's a little harder because again you're firing a shotgun from long range and does one two damage. Again, if you take slugs. You can upgrade that to hit on fours, and now it does two, three damage, so it becomes a last gun. If you think you're probably not going to get close fast enough, so a lot of these guys will be like dipping and diving until they get into range, so maybe like turning point two, they're really going to start doing damage. Uh, you have your axe jack. Now, this is one of my favorite guys when I was first watching people play this. Uh, this guy's pretty much all close combat. He has a power weapon, and he has a special ability uh, called embolden. So once he performs a charge, he gets a feel no pain, which is awesome. Oof. And then he has a, an ability for two AP, weighed in. He performs a free charge action, and then he performs a free fight action. And his weapon gains reap two. So it's doing two mortal wounds to anybody nearby that's getting hit, which is pretty cool. So he's like taking his whole axe and just trying to like cleave through. So it has like a, was it in D&D, it's the cleave special rule, right? Uh-huh. It is, well, it, in 3.5 in Pathfinder, yeah, it would be cleave. That's what it was, yeah. And 3.5 and in Pathfinder. So it's it's essentially using that rule on a guy. That's awesome. Wow. Nothing, well, nothing, uh-huh. I want... So I own a team, and I think we're going to be splitting a box. Um, I would... I think that I'm going to get a... Uh, find somewhere, somehow, and get a Shining Head. What's his name? Um... Oh, the guy from The Shining. Uh, oh, um, Jack Nicholson? The actor. Yeah, I'm going to get a Jack Nicholson head. And then I'm going <laughs> to put that on there. It's going to be amazing. Oh, and you're going to end the... Uh, man, where's Johnny? Uh-huh. Right up into the door. <laughs> that, that Yeah, that <laughs> is true. And the guy's holding an axe. Counts as a power weapon. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty rad. I like it. It's a cool guy. Then we get into our first robot. This is a cat unit. Uh, the robot's kind of interesting because it can only perform like the dash, fallback, normal, and pass. That's pretty much it. And it can do a free dash in the recon step. So that's that's kind of fun. It's nothing too crazy, and it falls back for one less AP. We'll get more back uh-huh. on this because this, this is all with the guy who controls the cat. Which, actually, let's just get to him now so we remembering the cat while we're here Definitely this is the sense. the navis surveyor he's equipped with the same thing shotgun hatchet his main things are wayfind so for one ap um you select one breacher friendly model within six inches uh, uh within the cat by the cat unit you add one to its apl 
Uh, you just can't perform it well within engagement range, so that's pretty nice. So it's kind of like a weird, uh, what are those guys called? Commsmans? It's like weird commsman because it actually takes two dudes to do it, which I'm not crazily in favor of. So then it has the ability surveillance. You place a surveillance token within six inches of the cat unit, and then until the end of the turning point, whenever an enemy is, uh, it counts as being visible to the cat unit, sorry, an enemy that is visible to the cat unit, uh, and is within three inches of the little token that you put down, uh, they're under surveillance. And when they're under surveillance, whenever a breacher makes a shooting attack against that enemy, they're treated as having the engage order token for the shooting action. Hmm. So that's an interesting one. I kind of liked that. However, it's one of those, you have to be sort of close, which you could argue the breachers have to be close anyway, so this could work. But I don't necessarily like that it takes two models in your roster to do it. What are your yeah, thoughts on either. it? Um, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I feel like it's a little bit of a trap. So I, I wouldn't would much rather have a GA2 model. I'm yeah, sorry. I'd rather have more armsmen. It it just feels better, personally. Well, let's get back now from the from the cat unit. You have your endurant. Now this is an interesting guy. This is the guy you see in the box art with the shotgun and the shield. This is probably one of my favorite dudes. Standard shotgun, has a shield. He can do a shield bash with it. It's not the strongest ability, but it does have the shield keyword, which is really good when you're fighting because you can resolve two hits um, or two. When you resolve a parry, you're defending two instead, which is cool. You know, standard shield stuff. So you have like power shields and stuff like that or thunder, thunder shields. Thunder. Pretty sure this is one of the best models. Yes, because he also has the breach well. So and a, and a two plus save. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does have the two plus save. There is <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he's a giant shield. In his you, isn't there a thing that you said that they get like they also get like something else like a brace for counterattack, or they get some other kind of thing that helps them? Like, yes, you can uh, reduce lock. you can reduce their damage to to a minimum of two of a weapon. And then, so like, and then isn't there another? thing that like lets them retains another save or something like that there's something that lets them re-roll dice for saves oh, which is cool the so you void just, armor the yeah, void so armor there's void armor as well because it has it as well so like this dude he definitely isn't endurant he is hard to take out but what he i like a, is this he's a monster so whenever a friendly imperial navy breacher finishes an action and, and it ends within base of this guy if your dude, the endurant has an engage order, so he's standing up, you know, he's not covering behind anything. As long as they're still touching bases, they don't count as being able to be seen. They're hiding behind the shield. Huh. Yeah, unless your opponent's on advantage, that's like, you know, then, well, all right, you could shoot the go, or at least two inches higher, but it's essentially going to be advantage. That is cool. That is super cool. Yeah. So in, in Into Dark, it pretty much means if you're behind this guy and you're touching his base and he doesn't engage, which he probably will because, again, he has a two-up armor save. You have the ability to reduce it. Oh, also, this guy has 10 wounds. So he's got the most amount of hit. You know, you could say 10 wounds isn't too crazy because you probably could still knock somebody out with that, but on a two-up armor, that's pretty strong. Yeah, that's super strong. That's very strong. So <laughs> so you can have somebody like, um, let's say you have one of your gunners hiding with like a melta gun right behind this guy. You group activate with them both, right? You do this guy moves in close, shoots, then the next guy moves in, gets close, 
just so you can get them closer. Then the next turn, the dude pops out, melted gun shoots, plasma gun shoots, whatever. That's strong. That was the first thing I thought about doing was just having someone tail in the whole time. It don't matter. It's a strong ability. It's just, it's just so nuts that they would give this ability to somebody. But you know, they need they needed some specialists, and that was cool. Yeah. Let's moving that on. We got the cool. next uh, next robot on the list. It's the guy skull. So same thing as before. This now it can boost too, which is its own special ability: a dash, fallback, and normal move or pass. Same thing as before. It can fall back for one less APL to minimum of one. Same as the cat unit. Uh, so then it boosts. So you select a, ki- a point on the kill zone that's visible to this operative. And you perform a free normal action with this operative, moving in a single straight line with unlimited range. Wow. And it has to finish within one inch of the selected point. But again, it has to be visible. So like if it's looking down a hallway, it can go all the way to that hallway, which is pretty rad. That's pretty good. It's very good. And then let's go ahead and get to our um, man that uses this guy, the Mr. the jammer over here. There's a shotgun and hatchet. Same thing as before. And he has the detonator because he can blow up the guy's skull. Because so, the guy's skull can do two things. It can blow itself up. It's pretty cool. It has an EMP attack. Uh, EMP is cool. It's a silent weapon. Awesome. And then it has interference pulse for one AP. You select one enemy, visible, and within six inches of the guy's skull. You roll a d6, adding one if the operative is inside of the Ghost skull, uh, the guy skull, and it's in the line of sight. And then on a three, you subtract one from the APL. That's it. It's fine. Again, it's one of those, it'd be cooler if one guy was doing it instead of taking two guys to do it. But I like that you could have infinite range, so that's why I thought at least the guy skull yeah, has a little more, more viable than the other guy. Than the cat unit, yeah. Because um, even then, if like I just move this dude straight down a line and then I blow him up next turn, that's totally fine too. Yeah, um, so I, I think that's the better unit for a robot, but I probably will mostly take the armsman in most most games. So now we have the Grenadier, and I, I believe this is the best Grenadier that come out in the game so far. So you're really? loaded with... Better than the Diabolical Blooded, huh? All right, there could be an argument. Perhaps that guy is still <laughs> really strong. All right, all right. But he has a, this guy has a very strong ability. So he has the shotgun, hatchet, standard as always. Comes with a demo charge, which is cool. Four attacks, three dice, four six. Uh, it's a range of four for the explosion. Or sorry, a range of four for its for its throw. So you can get you can get a little far. Has a blast of two inches, AP one, indirect, and limited. So it's one time use for the demolition charge. Nice. Pretty pretty standard. Then you have Grenadier. So he's equipped with a frag crack and stun. And so, again, you don't need to pay those equipment point costs, pretty much why you're never going to see anybody take them. Now, those grenades that have limited can be selected for this operative use twice. Wow. So your frag and crack grenades can be thrown twice with this guy, which so far all other grenadiers have not been able to do, at least none that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, if he survives, um, that's that's throw, true. You're you're only seven wounds, but then you know you just hide behind not, the endurant and just have the endurant. Yeah, yeah, you're right. With stim, you'll be eight wounds, uh, so that's not bad. Easy, easy mental mental remembrance, you know. 
Easy mental load. That's the word we use. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely see this Grenadier as being at least in the in the top two, for sure, of Grenadiers in this game. But then you have the Tau one that can run like... Like he plays like a football player, just charges down the field and then throws the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, they're, it's between that, the blooded guy, and then this Grenadier, I think, are for the best Grenadier. Uh, guys, vote online and, you know, tell us on Discord. I don't know. You decide. And you have your gunner. This is this is a cool guy. Pretty standard. You can take your last volley. It's a weapon with Fusillade and Relentless. So, you know, everyone has to have some kind of gun like that. A melt gun and a plasma gun. That's it. He doesn't have the axe, though. He comes with a gun butt. He's hitting you with the back. So that's his thing. And he has eight wounds instead of seven. So he'd be a nine-wound man. It's cool. You could take two gunners in your list, by the way. As where most other specialists, you can only take one. Yeah, they're... they're... Taking two gunners is always fantastic. Always fantastic. Depending on your matchup. The last volley is... I dislike it because it's heavy. Yeah, that's that's one of the few downsides for it. Um, I'll probably see myself taking the plasma and the the melty gun. But if we're playing more yep. on like a three D board instead of into dark, I could see if you get a really good position on on like a vantage to take the volley. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, you just hide up there for a while and then just start opening fire all the time. Don't really worry too much. Because you know, fusillade and relentless is really strong, especially for that heavy weapon. So you're, you're you know you're increasing the chances of hitting without even having to put that like special order token down. So this is a good guy. And back to back to how I was talking about how you have to buy another box to really get the full thing out of it. So if you buy another box, not only do you get those two extra armsmen, but then you get another gunner body because the gunner bodies are different. They they don't have the right like shoulder slots. I'm sure you could probably green stuff to make it work. But if you want the simplicity, you just get the other one and then take another gunner and you can have all three gunners. So just uh, food for thought there when you're buying your army. Now we're going to get into the hatch cutter. This is the guy who has that glove that looks like he has a giant middle finger made of a chainsaw, which is pretty funny. I always like those guys. GW has such weird sculpts for those, but I really those appreciate chain fist, them. Man. Those chain fists, man. Uh, so yeah, is it not a pistol and a chain fist? 5-6 brutal. Rending. Cool. Strong weapon. And he has the special ability, Hatch Cutter. So if he performs the open hatch action, pretty much into dark only, um, you don't have to subtract more than one action point. So basically, it costs one AP. Now that's only really going to come into into hand uh, come handy if you have an opponent, which I, I, so far I think it's only the mirror match that can make doors cost more to open. So you have another ability, Hatch cutter is called Weld Shut. You select a closed hatchway, and once you do, it costs one more APL to, to, to open it. So this is where Hatch Cutter would then make sense, because then you bring it, for, instead of costing two, to costing one. So it's kind of like, it's a, it's a cool anti-mirror, but I'm sure they'll have more people who can do something with hatches. Maybe I'm just not aware and I haven't seen it. And then you have Breach Point. Now this is a rule that I've told Dakota before, I think should have existed for Into the Dark for anyone who can make explosive like walls that blow up. So Breach Point is 1 AP. You place a Breach Point token um, so it's within 1 inch of the operative and a terrain feature no more than 1 inch thick, right? So, you know, thin enough where you could blow up the wall. 
And what this lets you do is Imperial Navy Breacher operatives can move through parts of that terrain feature that are no more than one inch thick, as, as if it was not there. So basically, you create a hole in the wall, and you put a little token to determine where that is. So that is something I think should have existed, because like for the orc, um, what is that guy called? He has the big like police shield bash thing. The Endurant? No, no, it's one of the orcs guys, one of the commandos. Oh, the Breacher? Yeah, yeah, the Breacher, duh. <laughs> yeah, the Breacher. So he has that big, like, bulldoze thing. He should have been able to do the same, where if he cracks through the uh, through a, a less than one inch thick wall, he creates a little hole, and then other dudes can go through that hole. That's what I think should have existed, and this guy has it, which is pretty exciting. Super exciting. And that's, that's, that's all I wanted, man. And that, that concludes it for the Breachers. Um, what are your thoughts, man? Um, well, I was interested on what you would rate these guys from S tier to F tier. Hmm. All right. Let's say with the new version of the rule sets, these guys are like at an A or an S. I haven't played them enough to really like get really good with them. But so far, I've had good results in the test runs I've done. And with better understanding, perhaps I can get them to the point where it's very hard for my opponents to score as well as I do. And then I could see them getting S. Because, you know, they have their standard opponents that they're hard to play against. You know, anyone who can just one-shot you. But you have so many ways of getting your points that doesn't really matter because you're going to try to max out anyways. Um, yeah, I'd put them in like a high A, maybe S. How about I would you? definitely put them at S. You think so? Depending on how you play these guys, yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. Huh. Well, you know, we'll, we'll see for more. I know I know. I think, it was, I think it was one person brought them to... What was that event? The New Mexico Open? Yes, the New Mexico. Yeah. That, well, I, it was the U.S. Open. Are you talking about the GW one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one person brought breachers. And that was something that like was, was fascinating. And I, I started looking into the more. Um, That's what piqued your interest, huh? Yeah, because I was thinking, like, really? Like, I always thought these were pretty good. I didn't know if they were going to get, like, this good. And uh turns out they are. And I want to point out one more thing. So with the the hash cutter, I, I was talking to, I think I was talking to Emmanuel, and we were talking about, hey, you know, there's uh, there's doors on Dakota's things, right? I can't just make it cost one more AP to open those doors, right? So now your opponent has to actually spend something to open the door. Who determined no? <laughs> it is not a hatchway, but but it was funny to think that you could do that on a 3D terrain. That is funny. Uh, I would love if that was a thing. That'd make them too good. I would I would think they're S right away because you could just close off like you you make it more annoying for people to go through stuff. Absolutely, I th- yeah I think it's that's strictly into the dark. Yes, it's very specific on the wording. Since you know so you it's hatchway. <laughs> so you guys ready for crude, huh? Let's bring bring on the far stalkers. All right, here we go. So the far stalkers, uh, first of all, they are the new crude team. And they are better than the old crew team. 
In fact, I played quite a few games as old Kroot. Um, the only good model on their team were probably their dogs and their uh, the Krutoks. Yeah, the Krutoks, yeah, I, I think, in one turn killed like three Space Marines. Easily. Uh, I remember getting and... wrecked. <laughs> These are intercessors, by the way. <laughs> yeah, intercessors. But the, the, the best thing was is that... Um, no, they, they were Phobos. We were fighting Phobos. Oh, okay. We uh, were fighting Phobos. Yeah, and he killed three Phobos in one turn. Um, and the rest of my team didn't kill a single model. <laughs> it was excellent. That's the MVP right there. Yeah. Um, so uh, they have Recon and Seek and Destroy. Both are extremely good in this new edition. Yes, they are. Super good. Um, so firstly, I'm already a big fan. Uh, their operatives, they're allowed to take one leader, which they call the Kroot Broker. And they're allowed to now take, because of the FAQ, 11 Far Stalker Kinban guys. That's like their normal dudes. Uh, they're allowed to have, out of these, all their special operatives, they're allowed to take two, two Kroot Hounds or, I believe, any other kind of warriors. Now, I really like the Kroot Hounds quite a lot. So I'm usually, when I play, I'm usually a very aggressive player. So if I t- take these guys, I'd probably be taking two Kroot Hounds. Um, so let's move on to their tack ops. They have Butcher, Balance the Books, and Bounty Hunters. I think the only thing that really t- took my fancy was Balance the Books, and that's if you score one full uh, secondary and you still have half your team left, you you get one point if you score your other one you get another point but your half your team has to be alive now that's easier because you're allowed to lose one more extra person so ultimately balance the books did get buffed um butcher and bounty hunters weren't my jam firstly bounty hunters you have to choose you have to let your opponent choose a choose a model and then you have to go and try and kill that model and then take its bounty coin um or essentially that's the gist of it uh it's not very good and uh butcher is also not in my opinion not super great so since seek and destroy and recon are both really good um i think it'd be really easy to get uh balance the books yeah but heaven forbid moving on to their tactical ploys heaven forbid you don't like your matchup and you don't like these things Firstly, I'm going to say these guys are S tier. Okay. For sure. 100%. I think that they have a really low ceiling and I think they have a really high ceiling. So going to their tactical ploys, they have something called mercenary contract. Uh, That allows them to take a different. So basically at the beginning of the game, you spend one CP and you're allowed to take something that is not seek and destroy or uh, recon. So you can take, these guys work really well with certain securities. These guys also work really well with certain infiltrations. Stock targets, seize differences. Implant is pretty good for them. Subversive control can be good. There's a lot of good stuff that these guys can be uh, can be good with with that. Um, they also have something called slip away. So that means that if they get in close combat, they can spend a CP and then they have one less AP to backup this allows them to shoot 
That is pretty nice. They, yeah. They have something called Poach, which allows them to run over to one of your objective markers and use a mission action on it, even if they don't control the objective. And they can do it from any point on the objective. So so if you you think you're one of your uh, loot and salvage things are safe, well, they can just run a normal dude up, use Poach, steal your VP. I would... 100% do that. I mean, one CP for one VP, 100% worth the trade. Yeah. And then they have something called Vengeance for the Kinbad. Now, I think these guys are really good into elite teams. I think they're pretty good probably into most teams. Uh, the reason why Vengeance for the Kinbad is pretty good uh, is, for instance, this rule says if one of your models gets shot and dies, gets stabbed, dies, whatever, whatever model that did that, you're allowed to spend one CP and then all of your, all of your crew now get to re-roll attack dice to kill that model. Nice. Yeah. So they get to re-roll all of them uh, to kill that one dude. So for instance, if the intercessor sergeant ran up and killed my dog, well, now I'm going to spend one CP on your sergeant and all of my models for the rest of the game get to re-roll attack dice against that model of shooting and close combat <laughs> it's pretty dirty it's very dirty it's it seems like the way they would play especially with like poach and stuff yeah so moving on to their strategic ploys now these guys i think that i think the thing that that this team will struggle with is people knowing when to spend their cp and what to spend their cp on because these guys have such good strategic and tactical ploys that that's going to be the hardest thing to balance is knowing when to spend a CP, what to spend a CP on. That's going to be where that's going to separate the really good uh, crew players from the mediocre uh, kin band players. So um, starting off from the top, they have something called cutthroats. So you would spend the CP and it allows one extra attack and, um, up to a maximum of five because of the data slate that came out. It used to be to a maximum of four. So now you can spend this and all operatives just add one to their attack character. Wow. Yeah. It's insane. So they go from three attacks to four attacks and some models go from four to five. So it's pretty, pretty decent, especially if you find yourself going to, that you're going to be in close combat. So now we go to far stock. And this is really, really good too, because you can do you can do this right before an enemy's um, Overwatch octave activations. You can do this at the beginning of the first turning point. You can do this at the end of a turning point. Um, all really crazy stuff. Immediately change the order of up to th of up to three friendly far stalker kinbat operatives that are more than three inches away from enemy operatives. So you can spend a CP and flip three models. Wow! So you're getting up to three. You're essentially getting the um, the order ability in the scouting phase every turn For free. you wanted. Yeah. Wow. And let's say you like charge up and you kill two models or something like that. You're afraid they're going to get shot, but you position them correctly when you charge. Uh, then you flip both of their tokens right you can flip both of their tokens and now they're both in conceal behind light cover and now they can't be shot right so like this has some really high level play uh if you if you use it correctly so that's pretty cool then we have prey 
it basically gives them balanced and heavy special rules. It's pretty nice. I mean, so if you want to re-roll ones, because I believe most of them hit on fours and threes, it's it's not bad if you don't expect yourself to move very much. So it it's okay, it's okay. Uh, and then they have bound, which is really really good. Their entire team ignores the the distance of of circle when they travel each time they climb, drop, or traverse and automatically pass jump tests. These guys are just orcs, but better. Orcs have to spend uh, have to spend an EP to get a bunch of climbing ropes. I just spend one CP and my entire team can bound. This is a, this is a slightly worse version of Vanguard because they don't get an extra inch of movement, but otherwise it is the same thing. Yeah, it's crazy, right? That is very good. So before we move on to the operatives, there's one more thing that I want to tell Mr. Giacomo about, and that is their ability. Lay it so on, the man. far stalkers get all these things, and then their ability is called Rogue. And now Rogue also got buffed in the data slate. It didn't need a buff, but it got buffed. For instance, here we go. Each time a shooting attack is made against this operative in the roll defense dice step of that shooting attack before rolling your defense dice. If it is in cover, you can do one of the following retain one additional dice as a successful normal save as a result of cover or retain one dice as a successful critical save instead of a normal save as a result of cover. Now, the orcs have to spend two CP to get this. Right. The space marines have to use, uh, which I love. Giacomo knows I love that, that yes, rule you do. From, from space marines. Stealthy, right? Um, to get that, just part of that ability, right? Yeah. Um, now, here's, here's the other thing. The thing that got buffed was you add the following to the rogue ability. In addition, each time a shooting attack is made against this operative... The no cover special rule has no effect for that oh, shooting attack. What? Yeah. That's so good. So you could be active and just save two automatically. That makes them so much more resilient. But it really, really is important for these models to be safe. So it's really important that if you're going to be using this ability aggressively to make sure your models are in cover because this will do nothing if they're not in cover, right? So even if they're activated, you know, you automatically save two saves. I mean, that's just one less dice roll that you have to make, which is fantastic. Better the less you. dice you, yeah, the less dice you have to roll, the, le- the, 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 the more, the more flat line the army is going to be, right? Right. So let's move on to their, uh, their operatives. Now, their operatives got buffed, right? Like I said, you could take one additional operative, which brought them to 12 total operatives. So the sergeant is the... Actually, let's let's start off with the baby guys, and we'll, we'll move our way up. All right. So the Crute Hounds, you're allowed to take two of these. Uh, they cannot perform mission actions. They have a bad temper, so they essentially get... Um, Heroic intervention for those 40k people that are listening to us. Uh, if somebody charges one of your models, you get you can basically make a three inch charge move to to charge in as well, and it must uh, yeah it must finish within engagement range of it. 
And then uh, for one AP, they are allowed to perform a free dash, fallback, or move action. And at any point during that move, you're, you can perform a pickup action for free with this operative. So it's very similar to the dog from the Star Striders. So right. uh, very good. But here's the thing. It has eight movement just to start off. Okay, so it charges 10. And then it's ripping fangs are four attacks, hitting on threes, and does three, four damage, and has rending. I would take two of these guys, 100%. So good. I, I can see why, yeah. Yeah, they're super fast, just agile. Um, and they can even be used to save your own dudes. So they're yeah. pretty good. Just the gather ability alone. Um, and, and as you mentioned, yeah, bad temper, just so you can now you increase the chance of your regular guys hitting a little harder. Just move them and then use your, uh, uh, what is it? Poach ability. I believe as long as these guys have the first. Yeah. So you could just move them, use poach ability and pick up a, an objective from one of your, one of your, the enemies, right? It's pretty strong. It's very strong. So going on to the crew rifle, the crew warriors, which are their normal guys, the other guys that, that can, can, uh, can move with them. Uh, both both these guys and the Crute Hounds both have GA2. So that's another really good thing about the Hounds. You can move them in tandem and do a lot of damage, do a whole bunch of stuff with them. The Crute Warriors, uh, the Crute Rifle, they have two, two weapons that they can choose from. Uh, four attacks, hitting on fours, three, four damage, or they can choose the their close one, which is... Uh, Four attacks hitting on threes, three, three damage, but it's range six. Nothing else special about them. The, the entire team has eight or nine wounds, so that's pretty strong. Um, these guys are also pretty good, in my opinion. Uh, they are stronger, better guardsmen with bolters hitting on fours. So, um, and they do a lot more damage in close combat. <laughs> So let's move on to the Kroot Tracker. Now, this model has enough text in the box that um, it literally probably takes up an entire compendium team with how much words <laughs> are, are in its little special rules. Um, and because of that, I dislike the model. Uh, I think it has way too many rules in it. Uh, it's better in open. Uh, if you guys want to go read it, go for it. It stops uh, cover uh, as long as the bird is close by. Um other than that, I think that um, it's just way too many rules. Uh, moving on to the Kroot Stalker, we have uh, it has a scatter gun, which is one of those close weapons. So it's four taxing on threes, three three damage, range six. Now this this model is really cool because it has the Stalker ability. It can perform a charge action if it has a conceal order, and hmm. for two AP, it can do something special. If it's within one inch of a terrain feature and not within the engagement range of an enemy operative, it can perform one of the following. Either one, it gets a free charge action. That's a free charge action. So essentially it has three AP. Uh, but it's not allowed to exceed its movement characteristics of, of, uh, of six. Hmm. So you have to, it has to be within six. Ah, so no additional two inches for charge? Correct. Ah. But it is a free movement. So it's not bad. That's not bad. The other... The other thing it can do is perform a free fight action. So if you're within an inch, you can fight twice. Pretty good. Mm. And then you, and then you have, uh, and then you can move afterwards if you kill them both. You know. 
Makes sense. Or makes sense. you can say, in the resolve successful hits step of that combat, for the first time you resolve one of your successful hits, you can immediately resolve another successful hit. Okay, so kind of like um, like the Phobos Strike from the Shadows, where you can resolve two of your hits. Yeah, I like that. That's pretty good. And actually, I think that they can. It can do all of these. It doesn't say that you have to choose one. Even so, better. yeah, you could get a free charge and a free fight. Yeah, that makes sense because it costs two AP. So you get a free charge, you get a free fight, and you're allowed to attack twice, similar to the Phobos one, right? That is, this is pretty much the exact one, except there's no. Um, I don't have to. I don't have to worry about the charge one. So there's that. so far. These guys are are sneaky Phobos light. It's going to change very soon. I bet. Uh, they have a, a Crute Pistolier right here. Um, once per turning point, when this operative is selected as a target of a shooting attack, if this model's within six inches, you're allowed to perform a free shoot action before they shoot you. So your lovely intercessor runs up the board to shoot my little Crute Pistolier within six inches, and I shoot you first. And then you die, and then your wrath avenges me and kill me anyways. It's great. Incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The best thing about his pistol is that it's uh, four attacks, four uh, hits on fours. Uh, No, I lied. Uh, It gets a plus one ballistic skill from the new balanced data slate. So it's four attacks, hitting on threes, three, four damage. It's balanced, and it has lethal fives. That's a very nice pistol. That's that's a pretty and, good bolt pistol, you know, and lethal five. Yeah, and another cool thing is for one AP, you can perform a free shoot action with this model, but you're not allowed to charge, fall back, or do a normal move action. So essentially, you can dash and shoot twice, um, or you can uh, dash, or you can shoot once, then dash away, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that you can do with this guy. Actually, you could shoot once with for one AP. Yeah, that's that, that's how it works. <laughs> the other cool thing about the long sight is that one also got buffed. Now it hits on twos as a standard sniper. So at four attacks, hitting on twos, it, used, it says three in the book, but once again, it got buffed. It does three, three damage. It's heavy and does mortal wounds three. So a lot of times this model isn't going to move. But the cool thing about now you're like, oh, it doesn't have silence. It's not good. You're right. Except you get one AP. You can spend one AP, and then all of a sudden, your model has this. The Crute Hunting Rifle is equipped, that it's equipped with, gains lethal five, and has the silence special rule. I'm not done. If this operative makes a shooting attack with the Crute Hunting Rifle, it is equipped with, the enemy operatives are not obscured for that shooting attack. Wow. Oh my God. Getting rid of obscurity. Now I'm, I'm pretty sure the Tyranids still get this right. And same thing with, uh, um, yes, with they have, they have, field, they, right? yeah, they have a thing saying, um, regardless of other rules, but so, still yeah, that, yeah. So, um, yeah, you're just like, Oh, uh, I'm going to spend one AP and now I can get lethal fives. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, the only the only bad part is that it has heavy, so he, he and he can't move when he wants to do that. So, 
there's some ifs and buts, but Hey, you know, when you think one thing you could do is you could move the guy, you could dash him, then you could shoot him. And then you could just flip his, his thing back to the other thing with, for one CP. So, <laughs> um, and keep him safe. So there's a lot of little tricky things you can do with these guys. Let's move on to their gunner, right? Um, you can either take the, forgive me for all those crude, those crude out there. I'm going to butcher some of these names. Dravogite Skinners, which is basically a really beastly flamer. Um, and it's a very beastly flamer. I'm pretty sure it probably rips the skin off of people. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, six attacks, hitting on twos, does two, three damage. It's range six, but it's AP two. Wow. <laughs> it has torrent two, and it's cumbersome. So what cumbersome means is that you cannot move more than your move and shoot it. So I would take this into intercessors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the damage isn't like crazy good, but it's hitting on twos, and there's six I mean, attacks. And yeah, so you're gonna miss you're gonna miss one dice on average. Yeah, and Space Marine, let's just say he gets lucky and he makes one save. Okay, you're going through with four, so you're doing at least eight damage, if not nine damage. That's still really strong. Yeah, yeah. It's and let's say if the Space Marine doesn't save it, then you're doing eleven to thirteen. The the only downside is its range. That's it. And oh, that's, yeah. that's flamethrower. That's normal. Otherwise, flamethrower yeah. would be too good. <laughs> but um, I would definitely use this model just to, uh, you know, trade damage. I think that trading 10, 10 wounds on an intercessor or 10 wounds on a legionnaire is really worth the cost. Uh, I think I just, yeah. Another good weapon that the other one that you can take is called a Londaxi Triblastet. Tri- tribal list. Damn Tribalist. The Landexty <laughs> Tribalist. Uh, you get five attacks, hitting on fours, uh, does four, four damage, AP one, rending, and you can't move more than six. Yep, so, same thing. No pretty good. Rule. Pretty good. All of their models thus far have the blades, other than the ripping fangs, have blade, which is three attacks, hitting on threes, and does three, four damage. Pretty solid. Mm, the, yeah, yeah. So I think the only thing that only the Kroot Stalker thus far has had anything special about their melee. So that's why you can see that these guys, if they want to be good in melee, you have to spend that one CP to get that one extra attack for all your models. Moving on to the last four operatives, we have the Kroot Cold Blood. Now, this model is just a standard guy, except he has nine wounds. Okay. Uh, he has hardy. Hardy means that models get to, if you get critical, you can just say, nah, it's a normal hit. And then it also has something called well-stocked. It has uh, both piercing shot and toxin shot, which is both in the equipment, which we'll get to. Uh, and they don't cost any extra equipment. So, and they're, they're allowed to use it twice instead of once. Essentially, they he has a better gun than the standard guys. We have the Kroot Cutskin, who is a who is their close combat operative. Uh, he has four attacks, 
hitting on threes, three, four damage. It's balanced and lethal five. So he has vicious duelist. Every one that your opponent blocks, they take one mortal wound. So every time that they discard one of your attacks, they always take one mortal wound. That's which pretty is good. pretty. Yeah, it's it's not bad, right? Um, you're always inflicting. You're always going to do damage, even if they don't want you to. So it's always going to be good. Yeah, combo this guy with the hound and the the giving one more attack. Now you're hitting on twos with five attacks, three, four. And for the most part, you could just be like, you know, just keep pairing my stuff, do some mortal wounds, do some damage. It's not bad. Yeah, he's not bad. And then he also can spend one AP and get another fight action. So he can fight twice. Incredible. So, yeah, not bad at all. So we move on to the Crute Bow Hunter, who is another one who got a buff. Uh, his ballista skill increased by one. Um, really, really versatile model. This is one of my favorites, not only because of the way it looks, but also the weapon that he has. Um, he has a fused arrow, a glide arrow, and a voltic arrow. And they each have a different, um, a different profile, depending on what you need to use this model for. The fused arrow, four attacks, hitting on threes, four, five damage, AP one. Not bad. Uh, it's good into heavier armor. It's good into certain teams. Um, anything that has like a, a four up save uh, is, pr- is pretty good. You have the glide arrow, which four attacks, hitting on threes, three, four damage, but it has silent. Mm, silent bolters. A silent bolter. It's not bad. And then we go to the Voltic Arrow, which is four attacks, hitting on threes, three, two damage. Interesting. But the critical is splash two. Ah, yeah. there it is. Yeah, so it's it's not bad. It's uh, not bad. Especially against horde armies. No, yeah. And, and then it has something. Nice. Exactly. Then we have something called Energize. Until the end of the activation, all profiles of the Accelerator Bow this operative is equipped with gains the Lethal 5 special rule. <laughs> this operative Same. cannot perform this action while within engagement range. So now your Fused Arrow is hitting on threes, Lethal 5, AP 1, 4, 5 damage. Glide Arrow, hitting on threes, 3, 4 damage, Silent, Lethal 5. Voltic Arrow, um, hitting on threes, 3, 2 damage, Lethal 5, Splash 2. Um, really good. Yeah. He's going to be useful into every single team. This is my 100% other than the kill broker, hundred percent auto take, uh, model. If you don't use this, if you don't bring this model yeah, shame. You're you're not S tier. If you don't bring this model, (laughs) you're, you're B tier at most B tier. Maybe. So when, (laughs) yeah, when you uh, and now we're going to move on to their final, they're probably one of their best operatives, and that is going to be their sergeant, who is called the Kill Broker. So he can take a crude rifle, a pulse carbine, a pulse rifle, and his blade. He also gets a photon grenade, so he has a really nice grenade that he can throw. Um, and he has called the kill, which is really really good. We'll get to that. I would probably choose the pulse rifle because it is the best weapon profile. It is um, four attacks hitting on fours does four, five damage. Yeah. So I, I would take a slightly worse ballistic skill for a better damage weapon. 
Yeah. Or you can take the Kroot Rifle, which is four attacks, hitting on threes, three, four damage. The Pulse Carbine is okay with four attacks, hitting on fours, four, four damage. Why would you ever take the Pulse Carbine over the Pulse Rifle? There's Maybe because the the gun looks cool? Uh, I, sure, but like there is Rule zero... Cool. Re, there, it's got... Yeah, but there is... The profiles are exactly the same, except critical damage Worse. is stronger on the rifle. <laughs> yeah, like, why would I take the carbine? It doesn't even have, like, a critical ability. <laughs> it's, it's, you take the rifle or the crew rifle, that's it. Every time. Yeah. And then his best ability is Call of the Kill. Once in each strategy phase, when you, when it is your turn, to use a strategic ploy or pass, you can select one enemy operative visible, that's important, make sure they're visible, to this operative instead. Until the end of the turning point, each time a friendly Kroot operative fights in combat with or makes a shooting attack against that enemy operative in the roll attack dice step of that combat, or shooting attack before rolling an attack dice, you can retain one successful normal hit without rolling it. There's those free things, man. It doesn't cost you anything. Yeah, and this one's so, for real. Yeah, hundred percent free. So when you look at this team, you can see that they are they have abilities that are like, oh, you killed a crew. All my team is better at killing you. Oh, I can see this guy. All my team can now auto hit this guy with with one extra hit right so right they are going to excel into smaller uh into elite teams because of these these abilities uh they will still do well into teams with you know uh 12 14 even 10 models but these guys will absolutely exceed in killing models with low model counts uh i think that is where where they're going to really really go well when we move to their equipment we have a piercing grenade which is a range six blast indirect limited is essentially their grenade it does a four attack hitting on threes two three damage it's just a normal grenade okay okay that's the the quill one right yeah the quill one now for that one model the cold hearted one what's his name the yeah, cold, cold heart, cold, cold blood. blood, cold blood. Yeah, that guy. He probably has some kind of relationship to the uh, the cold blooded mounts in uh, the old world. <clears throat> That's <besides laughs> the point. If anyone got that, uh, piercing shot. So four attacks hitting on threes. It basically gets AP one, and toxin shot is two two damage, lethal fives, and and it has stun. All right. So, yeah, you can stun a model or you can give it AP1 for that guy. Not not bad. These the, Both of those are both really good. Then we have something called Meat, which is probably one of my favorite equipments that they have because it started off as 3 EP. Wow. And it, got, it got buffed to 1 EP. And what this, what this does is once during the battle... When this operative is activated, you can use this ability. If you do so, the operative regains D3 plus one wound. So they can carry you just have a, a bunch, bunch of health potions. Wow. Yeah. 
yeah, not bad, especially for a team that only has eight eight HP. Navy or got stims. These guys have meat. <laughs> they sure do. So we move on to Trophy, which is pretty good. Trophy got buffed as well from 4 EP down to 3 EP. Probably only bring one of these. Once during the battle, when this operative is activated, you can use this ability. If you do so, add one to this operative's APL. Each turning point, uh, only one friendly operative can use this ability. So you could bring three of them, but honestly, the meat is really good. Um, Quill grenade is okay, depending on your team composition. Um, Yeah, I, I still like meat, but Trophy has some spicy opportunities with with three AP just randomly giving a guy three AP can really surprise your opponent in a lot of ways. So it's, it's always a good thing to, to keep in the back of your mind. Then we have a ritual blade. You're only allowed to take one of these. Um, basically the model gets upgraded with this weapon, three attacks hitting on twos four five damage. Anyone you think is going to get stuck in, I'd equip them with this. It's really good. Um, I would almost want to equip this on that one close combat guy who does mortal wounds, but he would get less attacks. So yeah, this is a weird one. Like I like it, but I don't know if I'm going to be, I don't know which model. Like it's like, it's not an easy choice to select this on somebody, you know? Absolutely. It's not the easiest choice. That Skinner guy is probably a really good candidate, but he is getting one less attack. Um, yeah, but I mean, you're, yeah, you you gotta know who you're gonna play. I think the more often that you play, you'll you'll be able to tell who to be, who you want to put this on. Then they have a crude pistol. You could put this probably on one of your heavy guys uh, if you wanted to take it, because it allows them to move and do everything and still be able to fire or do something. It costs one AP, four attacks hitting on fours, three four damage, range six. It's not awful. It's a bolter at six inch range. Pretty good. Uh yeah, you yeah. know, six inch bolter cool yeah power creep is real in kill team you heard it here first it's real in these two teams and you can buy it as a starter set guys i am i am i am astounded that no one out of all this time that this 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 team has been out there no one has brought it to any of my tournaments and i have no idea why without the buffs they were good they were probably a or a b plus tier with the buffs you know, their buffs are plus one AP, uh, plus one BS on ballistic skill on Kroot, Bow Hunter, the Pistolier, and the Long Sight. And then they got a couple bonuses to other things and they got an extra operative. So these guys are going to do great at LVO. Well, I mean, My we have uh, now, I think we've sold our tickets, right, again? Yeah, for the third time. Well, actually, let's, let me check it out. I don't know if we've sold. We opened up tickets to 100. Um, FLG keeps giving us a little bit more tickets, but this is the maximum that we can do in general. Uh, cause I can't make that much terrain. It looks like there's still a couple of tickets left for the LVO kill team championships. Um, I know that we have less than 10 left. Uh, FLG gave us, they were gracious enough to give us a few more tickets cause there's so many more people that wanted to go. So if you guys are looking to go to Las Vegas, we will have 100 people there as long as the rest of these tickets sell out. We were at 90 right after Christmas. Uh, We sold out. I think so. This is how pretty much went. We sold 64 
And we did so well that FLG opened up some more tickets for us. We went up to 80. We sold 80. They gave us 10 more. We sold 90 in 10 minutes. Uh, sold out. And now we've opened it up once once again. Uh, 100 will be the last. So if you're looking to get a, if you're looking to go, this is going to be your last opportunity to buy tickets. Get them now. Bring Crew or bring the Navy and and prove that we made the right choice by saying these are S tier armies. Yeah, these guys are the Crew are low key sleepers, dude. I don't know why anyone hasn't brought them. They have a lot of good abilities. Like, you know, I was going in blind with Crew. Like, I didn't know nothing about these guys. And there's some cool stuff. The more I'm looking at it, the more I kind of want to try them. Yeah, my, my wife has even said that she's thinking about starting to play them. Yeah, they're cool, and man. I think they're cool. I think they're fun. I think they're spicy. I think they're a great. I hope that the rest of the teams that Games Workshop release are this cohesive. They have a very healthy mix of close combat and range, which I think is very important. Yeah, I think that these guys were. I don't know how they how they they have these guys' power levels, right? Versus the next set that was uh, the Carsicans came out, right? Carsicans and Herotech. And the Herotechs still suck. They're awful. <laughs> Absolutely awful. So, like, I don't know how we how Games Workshop produced such two amazing brilliant teams with really cool rules and then the carsicans and herotech are just they're just bad so i don't know well i'm excited for the next book hopefully i love arbides i absolutely love them so i'm very excited to uh, Maybe they're going to have an Inquisitor as a leader. Oh, that would be sick. I don't think it's going to be Inquisitor. I think it's going to be that, like it, like in the uh, Necromunda box, where it's just the dude without the helmet on is their leader. They're going to have a lot of Riot Shield guys, though. Oh, yeah, they'll have a lot of Riot Shield guys. That's going to be cool. Like, get to see them in action. Palantine Enforcers, right, is what they're called in Necromunda? Palantine Enforcers? I believe so. Yeah, that's going to be... They're going to be a spicy, spicy team. And I'm very interested in the the upgrade sprue for the cobblites. Yeah, like what are they going to get? I know in the in the silhouette allegedly it's a bird, so I really keep hoping they're going to just keep doing birds. I I f- I don't understand why birds are a thing. <laughs> in, uh, in 40k now. Uh, I don't understand it. They're elegant. I don't I don't know. Elves like birds. I really don't want another toucan Sam. Like they really got to become more <laughs> They, <laughs> they they really need something more. You know what I mean? Like, um, what if it was like a little pet dragon instead? If it's a pet dragon, I'd be fucking down. Damn, give me Spyro. Down, give me Spyro, bro. I will paint that guy like Spyro too. But I'm telling you, um, I don't think. I think it's gonna be a bird again. And I don't know why there's been three birds released. They've given us a bunch of dogs and a bunch of birds. Like, give us a cat, you know? Like, uh, what else could they give us? A horse? That's, that's what Eldar's Bro, a get. horse. Eldar will get the lynx. Sick. I don't know. Could they? No, they... I don't want. I don't want Eldar to get a lynx. I want the Eldar to release freaking striking scorpions with a lynx. 
Okay, I'm not going to complain if a Lynx comes out. I'm not going to complain. Because striking but scorpions if they give still me, came out. If they give me a stupid scorpion robot, I'll be upset. I'm not a fan of these robots. Everyone's getting pets now, and I'm confused. Uh, familiar, sir. They're called familiars. And orcs got so, him first with the little the little uh, grot. <laughs> you could you could argue. I'm going to make some people angry, but you could yeah the grot right. He was the first one. You just said it. The first familiar. Well, I, well there was also the the little bouncing squig. I thought you were saying going to say squig because the oh, squig no, is also no. a. Oh yeah, it's a, well, that's more of just a moving bomb. That's what I consider yeah. that one. But I, I think you could say all thinking. you could say every vet guard is a is a pet. That's most of them are <laughs> I mean, these guys got a real one, and then uh, um, who else? Who else has uh, familiars? Who well, we have that? we have breachers. We have the breachers, far, far, far stalkers, far little stalkers. Bird. We have we have corsairs. Corsairs. Um, we said we said commandos. That's four. We have commandos, and allegedly we're going to get them in uh, in. In Cavalites. Drakari. So that'd be yeah. five. And then there's one more. We were just talking about them. Uh, we said Vedgard, but like realistically, I'm thinking um, the Doesn't actual... Karsikans come with a robot? Or was that just in the, the the new terrain from Into the Dark? Oh, it's just two robot sprues we didn't include in the first Into the Dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you I, can think I of, have uh, no idea. If you can think of more familiars that Kill Team has, then, uh, you know, let us know in our Discord. Oh, Star Striders. Star Striders. Oh, they have a dog, yeah. And then yeah. you have you have Gellerpox, who have like oh, 50 they have familiars? all the familiars. Their equipment is familiars. Yeah. All right, there's another. See, tier. we're going down the rabbit hole. You know, <laughs> the way to sell Kill Team is just to sell pets. That's all. We're, you, need. you know, we're we're like the Logan Paul crypto pet thing <laughs> zoo, crypto zoo. I was gonna say except, we're Neo Pets, but okay. <laughs> yeah, but like unlike Logan Paul, Games Workshop is not selling. You know things that are gonna not work. I mean, these pets look, are real. I mean, to be fair, techni- technically, Navy Breachers doesn't work until you buy the second Navy Breachers box set. But you know, whatever. That's true. <laughs> uh, Games Workshop really needs to work on that. What? How many? There's been so many sets yeah. where you have to buy a second, box. or like you have to buy like two extra models or something, and it's just like, ah, really? Okay. Like techni- Games Workshop is like, you know, here's ten models, and it will work. But you could take this extra thing, and you could take four more. Like like with <laughs> Phobos, you literally have to go buy Reavers, which isn't that bad because people are probably selling you Reavers because nobody wants them in 40K. Um, but it's still another thing you have to buy. Like, And you would have just thought, like, couldn't I just buy the Phobos box set and be done? No, you got to buy Reavers too. See, I have an opinion about Reavers. I think, I think Phobos, Phobos keeps getting all these buffs but they're all to like different synergies, right? Uh, I would love to see Games Workshop retroactively release a specialized Reaver specialist. And that's not a an HQ or their, their leader or whatever. I would love to see somebody who gets like an extra attack or has some kind of cool ability or gets some kind of equipment for free for Phobos. Uh, because ultimately, none of us care about the all those other guys. We just want an Eliminator, and we want a Specialist Reaver. That's it. It would be cool, but, you know, we'll, we'll just have to wait for more FAQs. Um, on that note, 
Let's get into our closing statements of this episode. Yeah. Uh, Dakota, yeah. you had some new stuff that you've been working on pretty much these last few days. What do you got? Um, yeah, I've been heavily making a lot of terrain for, for Las Vegas. I've seen it. Um, yeah, a lot, tons and tons and tons. Uh, we will be releasing Sector Vitalis for the first time at Las Vegas uh, for sale. And you can pick them up built and pre-painted uh, from the tables there, or you can pick them up uh, unbuilt and painted, or I think we'll have a couple sets that are painted but not built. Um, we'll also have a bunch of other terrain that you can pick up there if you want, but that specific set is going on sale first at LVO and then directly afterwards. We also will have, for the first time ever, uh, MDF Into the Dark uh, that I'm making that is going to be resemblant of my Repentant Outpost. So if you guys are interested in my theme or S terrain and you don't want to go and deal with the games workshop night terrors of this, of setting up this terrain. I made it so much easier. Um, go ahead and check that out because that's pretty much done. I'm actually cutting the very first set out tonight. So I'm going to paint it up, get it ready for Las Vegas and have a couple sets for sale there too. Uh, and I'd also like to shout out our Instagram for anyone who wants to keep up to date on tournaments that we're going to be running or anything else. Uh, make sure to come check us out. Uh, drop us a like and a follow on Twitch, uh, YouTube for Luster's Workshop, you know. And uh, you can find all those in the show notes. Absolutely. Yeah. That's pretty Gee, much is there anything you want to shout out? Um Shout out to 2023, man. It's our first episode, you know, uh, as, you know, as Hannibal Burris once said, let's get a quick shout out to Christina Applegate. Uh, but that's, that's besides quoting dead jokes. Uh, that's pretty much or, it. This is, this is the end of the episode, man. Or Taylor Swift. Didn't she just break a bunch of records? She probably, she probably breaks records all the time. I mean, I mean, I think she, she, for the first time I saw has 10, all 10 singles of her of her music are in the top 10 of the top 100. Hey, Seuss. Which is the first time it's ever happened. It's crazy. Well, on that note. Good job uh, on her. Yeah. It, congrats. <laughs> congrats, Taylor Swift. Hey, here, let's <laughs> That's all we have to do. Let's, let's play some Kill Team. <laughs> Catch you guys on the next one. Ciao. Peace.